Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Little Extroverted. I am your host, Priscilla Clark, and I'm so excited and thrilled that you've decided to join us this week. First, I wanted to begin by apologizing because I realized that today is actually Tuesday. With all the excitement of Easter weekend, I did not realize yesterday was Monday. So guess we found out who the fool in April was. That's right, me. April fools on me. And I wanted to thank you for your patience and loyalty to my little podcast. It means a lot and I'm so glad that you're here. As I mentioned, this weekend was eventful. Between Good Friday, Easter, and Passover, many of us found ourselves celebrating. But there is one particular day that nobody ever talks about. And that is National Hug and Use Person Day, which is celebrated on April 4th. These professionals have covered everything from politics to natural disasters to COVID-19 and any breaking news that you can think of. They work tirelessly around the clock to keep viewers like you and me informed about occurrences happening in our communities. For this reason, I decided to bring on my favorite journalist, Maricela de la Cruz. Maricela was born and raised in Mission, Texas. She is a first-generation Mexican-American, and also the first in her family to complete a college education. She is a graduate of the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley, where she earned a degree in mass communication. She jump-started her career as a bilingual news anchor and reporter and focused on investigative reporting, politics, and immigration along the U.S.-Mexico border. In 2018, she decided to make a move to the Golden State, where she reported and anchored in Spanish. She's been covering issues affecting Hispanic and Latino communities throughout the course of her career. And during this process, she interviewed some of California's current and former leaders like Governor Gavin Newsom to ensure Spanish speakers across the state receive accurate information. She recently joined one of California's top news stations, and in this role, she hopes that her own experience and everyone who's ever allowed her to tell their stories may help her contribute, educate, and bring awareness about issues affecting Hispanics and Latinos. Maricela has lots of hobbies. You may spot her at the gym, on a nature hike, or at some lake in North California. She also loves searching for the world's best coffee. So if you have any recommendations, send them her way. Welcome, Maricela. How are you doing today? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited uh, to be here with you. Um, I'm doing great. I just got off of work. I appreciate you taking the time to be here with our listeners today. So before we begin, I wanted to give a little bit of a backstory as to how I met you. And I think we need to give a little bit of a shout out to one of our dear friends, Billy Ray Flores. (laughs) Surprise, Billy. Um, Billy introduced us in college. And since then, I've followed Maricela's incredible journey as a journalist and cannot emphasize how proud I am to see her thriving in her career. So shout out to Billy. Thanks for introducing us. <laughs> Billy is actually my husband. We got married. Do you remember? We got married. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was going to actually, I was going to bring it up. But I totally forgot. That is true. I was a witness at, of their wedding. It was on September 16th. <laughs> Wow. Um, I do not remember the year, but that's true. Billy, you're cheating on Maricela if you have <laughs> other relationships because you are married. I've totally forgot about that. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Oh my it's gosh. It's an open relationship. Ah, 
Oh, okay. As long as you both are agreeing <laughs> to just be in an open relationship, it works. It works. I- I'm I'm a supportive friend. So good for you guys. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Memories. I do have a picture of that. And not gonna go through my, you know, pile of fo- photos in Facebook, but I'm pretty sure I documented that moment. <laughs> I had such a bad haircut. I was so proud of it at the moment, but I look at it now and it's so cringy. Don't ever publish that, please. <laughs> it was the style. You were you were in style. Um, I don't remember it. I'm gonna go look it up, but okay, I will not publish it. I will I'll keep it for my eyes only. <laughs> for our eyes only. Um, all right. So so you're here and like you mentioned, you just got off of work. So I wanted to begin by asking, when did you decide that being a journalist? was the career you wanted to pursue? So I've always been very indecisive and growing up, I just had so many options. I always, I don't know, I wanted to be a DEA agent and I wanted to be an attorney and um, I wanted to be a journalist. And um, one time in middle school, there was a reporter from a news station who went out to career day. And, you know, so I went up to her and started talking to her a bit. Um, and I, I really liked it. Um, but honestly, in high school, you know, senior year where everybody's pressuring you, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go to school? I didn't know anything. Um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So I just went into communications and I, you know, said, let's try it out because I don't know if I want to be a, I wanted to be a DEA agent because of the movies. Right. You know? <laughs> Love that. <laughs> but then I wasn't sure if I could do it. Um, and I went into journalism because it was something that just really caught my eye. Um, and actually when I was a teen and I was at home, I would uh, turn on the closed captioning on the news and I would read um, the closed caption that the anchor was reading, right? And so I would, I would pretend at home that I was- Oh, I love that. <laughs> I started practicing early. <laughs> Love to hear that. So we got a, a very, you have years of experience in journalism. Even before you were a professional, you yeah. had a, started a career early uh, by practicing by yourself in your living room. I love that. That's the kind of energy we need in today's world. <laughs> I know, manifesting. Yeah, manifesting. Put it out into the world and look at you now. That's amazing. Love it. You have been a part of like different networks in Spanish and English because you're bilingual. So what does a typical day look like for you as a journalist? So I wake up early and I'm not just saying this. I do wake up early. I do go to the gym. How early? (laughs) So last week I was up at 5.40 a.m. And, you know, going to the gym then going to to my been just going into work um right but having enough time to shower to get ready and everything this whole week I didn't make it to the gym in the morning but I made it after work or during my lunch break you know just trying to get back in shape um but anyway so depends I guess on how heavy the week feels for me I sometimes go to the gym before sometimes after work um and then I you know we uh do research we um come in with our ideas, we pitch them. Uh, everything's via Zoom now. 
So, you know, we pitched them, you know, everybody does their pitches, editors, uh, producers, uh, social media um, producers too. And so there we decide, you know, our pitches, you know, are interesting or good. We could develop a story or sometimes, you know, it's a lot of brainstorming with all these different people and all these, you know, all these people from different backgrounds and who are all just so talented. And, you know, we come up with the best uh, story to do to cover that day. So there's a lot of research. I think there's a lot of research and a lot of reading. And sometimes, um, sometimes it's not fun, I think, because I, you know, I could be out. <laughs> yes, but you're working hard and bringing those breaking news stories to all of us. Yeah. yeah, no, thanks for sharing. Um, I know right now you mentioned a couple of things. So I've seen you behind the scenes, but also in like in front of the camera. So which one of those positions that you've held has been your favorite and most memorable one? So I really enjoy being a journalist. I've been um a reporter and um recently I was also anchoring for Univision and I really like anchoring also and I think it's a big responsibility you know just being the face of a newscast I was a face of the week in newscast that's a lot of responsibility um and I've produced shows before I've done yeah I've been an assignment desk editor which is you know look for information come from information send out reporters to places um producer you know just produce a whole show just take care uh, of really what goes on air and that's also a huge responsibility I don't like producing it's too much responsibility too much stress it's a very very stressful job I I just I I respect producers <laughs> yeah. um and like I said I've anchored I I like that job but I don't think it's my calling I really like being a reporter I like being out on the street I like talking to people I like meeting people and seeing different perspectives, um, you know, just really getting to know people. And it's, I feel like it's always very eye-opening, you know, just hearing different perspectives about things that, you know, we grew up in, in the Valley in South Texas and mm -hmm. everybody's Hispanic, everybody's Mexican-American and that's our culture. But then you come out to different places and you meet a person who's, uh, Asian American, who's uh, a black person, and even just other Latinos, you know, Colombians, Venezuelans, and it's just I I really enjoy all of that and just always learning. I feel like I'm always I'm constantly learning new things about different people or you know just information that is important that is relevant. So were you ever shy in the beginning to reach, like just approach a random stranger and ask questions as a reporter? Or were you like from straight off the bat, like confident and you were like, I got this and, you know, I'm going to just tackle these, this uh, task and, you know, make the story happen. So um, I'm actually a very shy person and I'm an introvert. <laughs> I'm the opposite of you. <laughs> um, and I know it doesn't come off like that on social media. A lot of people, a lot of people are actually shocked when they meet me. I'm very quiet. I'm an introvert. It takes me a while to open up. So that is one thing that I can be where I can be different at work, where I I can't be shy and I have to go up to people and force myself to talk to them and you know just uh, 
yeah, just be open. So sometimes it does take me a little bit, you know, more, um, but I think it's something that I have worked on over the past years where I can approach a person and ask them things. Sometimes it's difficult, you know, you have to have a lot of tact, uh, how you speak to people, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, if you come up too aggressive, then you're just, you know, being too aggressive and they might not take it the right way. Sometimes you talk to people who just lost a family member or who are going through something that's very difficult. So I think it's, you know, a learning process of uh, having tact and learning really how to talk to people. And I think that I've also applied that in my personal life where um, I, I think, you know, and it's something that I have worked on. I'm just very tactful with people. Yeah, well, you see, I don't believe that you are an introvert because <laughs> of, you know, just how you come across. But it's really funny that you say that, like, you have no problem, like, when it comes to work, like, you have no problem going out there and talking to strangers and getting the story. Because I am, I am the opposite of you. Like, I'm very extroverted. I love talking to people and, you know, whatever. But when it comes to asking strangers questions, I am a little introverted because I get, I get a little shy. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like. I don't know if they're going to like want to talk to me and stuff. So that's why I was curious. I was like, how do you deal with that? And you know, how do you approach that? So thanks for sharing that. That's very, that's very professional of you to step out of your comfort zone to, you know, get those stories and, and get things done. Um, so would you say that's the most challenging part of this job for you as a journalist? Or are there other aspects of your, in your career that seem challenging to you? Um, I think what's challenging is always trying to keep up, you know, with information and always trying to inform in the correct way. Um, you know, like I said, having tact and also, you know, just keeping sensitivity, you know, when you're telling a story and when you're informing about something, um, sometimes we don't know because we are not part of that culture or you know, we're just different, we come from different backgrounds. So it's just really learning uh, how to talk to people. I wanted to, I don't know if you were going to mention this, but I'm going to brag about it. If you were nominated for an Emmy for a story that you that you did, could you tell us more about that? Yeah, so I have been nominated for um, reporter and for anchor. And I actually do have a couple of regional awards um, in South Texas um, also. And um, so those were four stories that I worked on. Uh, I think one of the stories that I'm most proud of and, you know, just because we made a difference um, and I won an, an award for that. And I was actually nominated also for an Emmy for that story. It's about, you know, um, it was an investigative story about an attorney, an immigration attorney who was um, actually taking advantage of these undocumented immigrants down in the valley. And these are victims from Mission to Brownsville. You know, they were going to him because he's an immigration attorney. They were going to him asking, uh, you know, for help, trying to uh, fix, you know, their legal status, paying them thousands of dollars. And we know that it's hard as it is, you know, for us to get thousands of dollars, you know, to earn that money. And then when you're an undocumented immigrant, you have to find a job. A lot of the times they're also taken advantage of because 
you know, they don't get paid what they should be getting paid, their minimum wage. And, you know, they're just threatened with, we're going to call Border Patrol on you if you complain. And so a lot of these people are, are sometimes intimidated. So they just have a lot more obstacles than we do. So then these people um, are paying this man thousands of dollars and he's not doing anything for them. And then he's like, well, I mean, what are you going to do about it? You're undocumented. Wow. So eventually a good handful of them decided to speak to us. Um, I did this investigation. I followed this uh, case for a couple of months. I went to this Texas state bar. Um, I spoke to them. And after, I think it was after five months, um, his license, he had uh, resigned his license in the state of Texas. He can't be an attorney in the state of Texas. And some of them got some money back. Not everybody got money back. And, and some of them, you know, it was just part of that money. It wasn't a full refund, you know, that, that the Texas bar was able to help them with. But even that, you know, that's okay. And um, I didn't win an award for that. Um, but at that moment, it didn't even matter. I think that taking, helping take a person like that out of the community, you know, out of uh, causing, you know, really damage to these people. Um, I think that's, that's the price that alone, that's the price, you know, the, that is what I was happy with. And I don't need an award or a pat in the back to know that I did a good job and that my work helped some people. So I mean, yeah, and think about like the domino effect that that has created, like you prevented from others to be fall into this, like, you know, like, whatever he had going on and become like victims of him so like you stop you help th those who needed help and then you stop it from happening further so of course that's a huge win like that's something to definitely be like you know excited about and um and I bet all of those people feel extremely grateful to you for voicing their like being their voice um which by the way, this story kind of just like reminds me of like full circle to where we started, where you said you wanted to be a, an agent, a DEA, a DEA agent. So technically you are kind of like a, a like investigator. You're an investigator, but instead of, you know, like putting people, you know, behind bars or whatnot, like you share stories and make these like stories, uh, resonate, like help others be aware that this is happening in their communities and stuff. So, so you're, You're doing exactly the same, but you're like putting it out there for others to know rather than, you know, like sending somebody to jail. So, so maybe your dream did come true. <laughs> you are that person. You are that little, that superhero. That's so cute. Yeah. All right. So, um, so what is what, what has been your, well, I mean, this was an incredible accomplishment that you just shared with me, but do you have one like accomplishment that you're extremely proud of? I would say it would be that one and any other uh, case in the Valley. Um, when I was in McAllen, I, after that, a lot of more people started calling and just asking for me, which was very, very humbling. And also, you know, I just, I felt so happy that, you know, they trusted me and just so humble about the whole thing. Um, so they started calling and asking about me and I started helping a lot of people Um, with different cases and they were all a little little investigative cases that weren't too in-depth like that one with this attorney um 
but yeah, I was, I was doing investigative work before I left the Valley. Um, and I think that that's the thing that I really like the most out of, you know, helping out people. Sometimes it wasn't a lot. Sometimes, um, what a person paid for a service and then that service or good wasn't actually given to them. So there were a lot of cases like that and it's not a lot, you know, we're not talking about a, know hundreds of thousands of dollars or anything like that but you know it is people that it is money that people did work hard for yeah no absolutely and it's like they need it for food or for like their family so it makes a huge difference in their lives uh even if you know from like a perspective of an outsider perspective it seems like a little amount like for them it's like their livelihood so you moved to california about two years ago was it different from the valley um, can you share with us what your experience has been like and, um, and how it contrasts with the Valley? <laughs> so it was definitely a culture shock for me. Um, I had left the Valley, you know, on like little trips or whatever, you know, so I've seen obviously different types of people, but when I moved out here, you know, in the Valley, everybody, we're all Mexican, you know, there's, I mean, there's a couple of Puerto Ricans, there's a couple of Venezuelans, and it's really just a handful of those. Um, and we're all mostly Mexican-American. And so when I moved out here, you know, it was one thing, you know, where I'd be eating out and I'd be like, where are my Mexicans? <laughs> <laughs> Looking for them. Um, and then just learning about different things. Uh, one big issue that there's out here um, in Sacramento and in San Francisco and, you know, bigger cities, areas, um, a lot of homelessness. And that is something that I think I didn't really understand at the beginning. I, you know, because we don't have homeless issue in the Valley. So that was one thing that I was really shocked about just looking at these camps full of tents and just everybody's homeless. And we're talking about dozens of people and hundreds of people and at different locations and they're just everywhere. Um, and that's one thing that I didn't understand, like I said. And now that I understand that I've been out there and I've spoken to them and I've gotten to see the different issues that they're dealing with, you know, sometimes a lot of the time it's, you know, mental illness. Some of them are also dealing, you know, with uh, drug addiction or different problems in general that um, people sometimes don't understand. People just see them and think, oh, they're lazy. But you actually, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? And you won't know unless you go and talk to them. Um, I'm not saying you should go into a camp, you know, right now um, during the pandemic and try to talk to them. Um, but trying to learn and trying to stay informed about all these issues, I think that's very important. And that's one thing that I definitely, I mean, that's just the thing that I noticed right away. Just I couldn't believe how many homeless there were. And it was just very shocking. And then just other issues where, you know, um, the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, and, and the groups out here. And I had only ever heard about them in the Valley. You know, I was reporting out there, but we don't have that, those groups out in the Valley or anything like that. We don't see racism in the Valley. Uh, so just seeing all of that here firsthand, it was honestly, it was shocking for me and it was, eye-opening and I really like I like having these experiences now yeah it's crazy you say that because I mean 
uh, when I lived in Pennsylvania, that was like my first time stepping out of the valley. Well, I mean, I lived in in Florida before, but like Florida is a lot of Latinos. And so it wasn't like really different for me until I moved to Pennsylvania. And in Pennsylvania, that's when I first encountered like big groups of like homeless people. And I was just like, in, it was a culture shock kind of, like you mentioned, I was so in like, I could not believe that there were so many homeless people. And like you said, like in the Valley, we don't really have that problem. So it was like really new to me. And it's just crazy that now every time like I go to a big city, like, you know, I've been to Seattle and Vancouver, I see populations of homeless people like in one spot. And it's just really sad to know that they're going through these circumstances. And like you said, like you can't judge them because you don't know why, what their situation is. Every case is different. Like it could be mental health. It could be they're dealing with drug, like drug addiction, alcohol addiction, or they could just be in financial strain. Like there's so many reasons why, um, and people like ostracize them and put them to like a side, like, especially in cities I've seen where like, they kind of like push them to like one corner of the city. And it's like, it's just be kind, <laughs> be kind to these people because you don't know what they're going through and like um, just show kindness to the world. And, you know, so that's a really interesting perspective. I have been to California, but I've never actually gotten to where those populations are. So I haven't seen it firsthand there, but thank you for sharing that. I know like us being from the Valley, like that's not something that I don't think, I mean, I've seen like one or two homeless people here and there, but like, not like that. So that's, Thanks for sharing that. Um, so if you could go back in time, would you do anything different or, uh, and what advice would you give to your younger self? I don't think I would do anything different because I think that everything worked the way it had to work for me. I really believe in, you know, everything happens for a reason mm -hmm. and every decision you make at the moment is the best decision for you at that moment. And I, when I came out here, I had several job offers. And for some reason, I took Sacramento. God knows why. Um, <laughs> it was, but at that moment, you know, it was my best decision. And after being here for what a year is when I realized, you know, all the opportunity, that growth opportunity that I got to, you know, experience and just get more of. And I realized that if I had left to the other places that I had um, been offered jobs at, I don't think I would have gotten all of that opportunity for growth. And I know that I've grown a lot uh, professionally and personally, because, you know, it's so difficult leaving home with no family. Um, and I just, I don't see it any, any other way. I don't know how much more I could have grown or in what ways I could have grown at the other places. But this opened doors to another job um, in, in the English market where I didn't even really think about jumping, you know, doing that crossover into English. Um, I know that I want to be a national correspondent someday and do both uh, English and Spanish, but I never knew how to get there. Like, and I still, you know, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how to get there. I know my end goal. I've just, I've been trying to figure out how to get there. And I think that, you know, this, this is a great market in, in English. And I'm at the number one station out here. And nice. a lot of people get rejected from this place. And they were, uh, 
they were poaching me for a couple of months before I, I accepted. And I guess I also, I didn't even realize how big it was, you know, how big of a deal it was. Um, and like I said, I would not have gotten to this place if I had not taken this position. And so I, I would not do anything differently. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I love um, that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if I could tell something to myself, my younger self is just be patient. Um, I get so impatient. And I think all of us do when we don't see results right away. Sometimes we just, you know, we did something and we want to see the result right away. You know, I went to the gym for a week and I want to be fit already. Yeah. <laughs> I lifted one thing. I'm fit, fit life. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You know, we always expect to see results right away. And that doesn't happen. You know, that's not going to happen overnight. Even when we see like, for example, these overnight um, talents or, you know, when you see somebody all of a sudden, oh, like this artist who broke through, like, no, they've been, they've probably been doing this since they were three years old and somebody finally found them and they're 20 or whatever, you know, and it's all these years that nobody sees. So just, I think just being patient, just knowing that even if you're rejected, you know, rejection is redirection. So one time I was having lunch with a former news director. And we were just talking, we were having lunch, and I was telling her about a news reporter that I admire. And um, I told her, you know, I, I want to be like her. She's a national correspondent, and she speaks English and Spanish, and her first language is also Spanish. So I think, you know, that's what I want to be like. And she said, you know, she applied here in McAllen. And I was shocked, and I asked her, oh, my God, so then what happened? And she said, well, um, I mean, I couldn't hire her. And I asked her why. And she said she was too good to be here. And so I asked her, did you ever tell her that? And she said, no. She said, but I couldn't hire her. She was too good to be here. So then that just made me think, you know, I mean, how many times have maybe we've been rejected or we have not gotten that promotion that we wanted or we have not gotten something or a job at the place that we wanted, we dreamed of, but maybe it wasn't because you weren't qualified. Maybe sometimes it is because you're overqualified, you know, and I'm not saying be overconfident about everything in life. <laughs> like, oh, that guy doesn't like me because I'm too good for him. I don't I'm fabulous. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm way too, I'm out of his league, right? Like not being like way too confident about things or like that girl hates me because I'm so beautiful, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be overconfident about everything but you know just I think as long as we work hard um and we believe in ourselves and sometimes understand that it really takes a lot of patience it really takes some time to get to where you want to be at and to stay positive because sometimes like I said when we don't get that job of our dreams or that promotion, or we get to move where we wanted to move. It's not always a negative thing. Sometimes it's, you know, you're just, that's not the right path. And then it took me so long to get to Sacramento. I wanted to leave the Valley like in June, July, and I was applying everywhere. And I was sending emails to news directors and recruiters 
and for months and I wouldn't get anything. And I would actually, I would cry and I would just say, I'm not good enough. Like I, you know, I said like, maybe I suck. Maybe I, I'm really bad and that's why nobody wants to hire me. And I, I would cry a lot. And then all of a sudden I got three job offers. I declined an, an interview and then I declined another, I declined two interviews. Wow. One in Chicago, one in New York. And then I got three job offers. So then it just sort of came all together. But it's just, I don't know. I just, I think that just be patient and have a lot of faith. I think and work hard. I think if you're patient, you work hard and you have faith, you're good. I love that story. And oh my gosh, we should make a t-shirt that says rejection is redirection. I really, I really love that you say that because it's true. Like how many doors have to close for you to end up where you were today? Like, like you got rejected, rejected, rejected. And every time that a door closed, another one opened, it led you to the one that was going to open into the path where you are today. Like looking back 10 years ago, Maricela, 10 years ago, it's like, do you, did you think this is where you would be? Like, how crazy is that? It's like full circle. Like 10 years ago, Maricela had no idea you would be in Sacramento, like working at, you know, at like this incredible number one, uh, like news station and here network, like, you know, network and here you are. So like, you're right. Like everything happens for a reason. And yes, at the time, it will be horrible when you get rejected, but do not get discouraged and keep moving forward. And I love that. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. I'm making a t-shirt. I, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's <laughs> such a good, I need that. <laughs> Cause I have cried many times. So I totally understand that. And how many times maybe, like I said, maybe she's overqualified. And then they didn't even tell you. It's just like, no, I just never got to her. Just never called her back or emailed her like, hey, you're too good. I can't hire you. And this woman, you know, she's probably thinking she sucks or I don't know, or she's not good yeah. enough. And then years later, she's national. So it's just, you know, it just, I mean, I'm all, I'm just assuming that that's what she thought. Like, oh, just another, because I, I mean. Because that's what I would think. Like, if I, yeah, <laughs> like, they didn't even call me. Like, what's wrong with me? Why, why didn't I get picked? And yeah, I've been down that road. It's a dark road, but, but it, it led me to where I am today. And you're right. Like things happen for a reason. And I love that. Um, so thanks for sharing. That's an amazing story. Um, I'm glad that you brought it up. <laughs> um, so let's see. Um, so you're a busy woman and I see sometimes you go, like you said, you, you go to the gym and then sometimes I see you on like nature walks or like, you know, just you go explore hiking. on the weekends. Yeah. Hiking whenever you get a chance. So how do you find work and life balance? Well, I do try to disconnect from work on my weekends and I don't fully disconnect. Sometimes I'm still looking at news, but I do try to enjoy time. And when I go hiking, there's no signals or perfect that time yeah I really can't look at my phone or anything um and I to me just personally just really being outdoors and being surrounded by nature by trees by you know just nature in general it brings me a lot of peace um and nature just reminds me of my dad 
Um, so it just, I always get emotional and then I don't cry, but I always want to cry. I'm like, this is so beautiful. You know, like it just <laughs> overwhelming, you know, like just so much beauty and like, wow. Sometimes for those minutes that I'm out in nature, I just think, you know, like, wow, we're so small and I'm drowning in all my problems. And, you know, it's not to diminish my own problems. It's not to say that they're not valid. You know, all of our emotions or problems, everything's valid. But sometimes I feel like we do drown in un vaso de agua. Nos hagamos un vaso de agua. And we just make it more complicated or sometimes, you know, I think it's also valid because of the pandemic. We don't, we're dealing with a lot more things. Yeah. <laughs> and then just something happens and it, that was just the this, this straw that broke, you know? And so sometimes, you know, when I'm out in nature, just realize how small I am. And I'm how small I'm like, well, I'm this small and then everything else the is world. And everything, <laughs> And then the world and then, you know, everything. Um, so it, it brings me peace and it just helps me really like breathe. And ground yourself. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I always, I love looking at your stories and stuff. I'm like, Oh, what is she up to? Like I live vicariously through you, by the way. <laughs> I was like, we don't have a lot of really pretty hiking places here in Texas, at least not in my area. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, what is she up to? What is she doing? Um, so yeah, keep, keep sharing those on your story, even though you don't have signal. I appreciate your late postings <laughs> afterwards. Um, so what advice would you give to someone who's wanting to be a journalist? I would say, you know, just really know what you want to do and know why you want to do it um, and know what your purpose is. Um, don't just go into it just because you want to be on TV. Just because, Or, I mean, you can do whatever you want, right? <laughs> But I think, you know, if you really want to be a journalist, I think always, you know, getting um, a good mentor. I have a couple of mentors having a good support uh, system, you know, with friends. That's very, very helpful, especially when you're away. Know that you're going to be moving pretty often. You're going to meet people and you're going to make friends and then you're going to leave those friends. And you're going to move to another place. You're going to make more friends. And then you're probably going to be moving around before you settle down. Um, like I said, just really know why you're doing it. And I think it's just in general, just know why you're doing anything and just have a purpose. I think that that's the most important thing. Um, yeah. And I was like, and I'll add to that, like be dedicated because I would see you like running from classes to go to your internship when we were in college. And I'm pretty sure you had been doing your internship for like way before I met you and so when I would see you I, I would be like wow I'm doing the bare minimum right now like I'm not I don't even have an internship that I go to or like I don't even know what I'm doing with my life and you were like so on point you were like I I'm going I'm going to classes I'm getting my work done and then I'm going to my internship and then I think you worked as well or I don't know if your internship was through. yeah right you had a job on the site so like that's commitment right there like so make sure yeah. that you are dedicated and that's like if that's something you want to pursue start early on so you can start building your network and and have a plan like Maricela just said <laughs> that's yeah I had full-time school and then I had a part-time job where I worked 40 hours um and then I had a full-time internship 
So I had three full times and I would sleep like five hours, sometimes three hours, you know, it, it would really depend. Um, and it was, it was very tough, but I wanted, you know, my career more than I wanted to sleep or more than I wanted to go out. Um, that is what I really wanted. And honestly, also, I think the, the hustle comes from having, you know, immigrant parents, you know, where you see them struggle, they work hard, or your dad, you know, tells you, you want, uh, do you want to work outside like me for the rest of your life? You know, do you want to live on a daily basis? Or do you want to be able to take a vacation and get paid for that? And just seeing all of that, seeing them, you know, trying to give their best until this day, you know, really still supporting and everything. I just, I think that was my biggest motivation, just my parents. Um, and, you know, I think that I can speak, I think for the both of us, you know, I think we really are that, you know, product of the American dream where our parents just really dreamed and pushed us to go to school, to get an education, to do better than, than they could and have that support and, we are that the face of the American dream. And I think that was my biggest motivator. And, you know, sometimes when I, I don't feel too motivated, I just think about my parents and, you know, mm -hmm. the opportunities that they didn't have and the options that they didn't have. And maybe when they were sick, they, they still went to work. Um, they couldn't take a sick day off. And I, like I said, that's my biggest motivator. And I think that's why I have been so dedicated. I've also met other people. Um, I don't know if it's a Latino and immigrant thing or anything like that, but I've met people who are immigrants and um, they hustle, they hustle. And dreamers, you know, they hustle harder than I have seen. I think because, you know, it's that struggle and that survival instinct for us. and. No, thanks for bringing that up. I, I really love that. Um, so, of course, you are a little extroverted and I'm a little extra. And even though you say you're introverted, you're a little extra too. <laughs> I know it. I know it. So, so since you're a little extroverted, I wanted to ask you if you could share with us and our listeners, um, what's the most extra thing you've ever done? So I actually texted some of my friends because I don't think I'm extra. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them told me, you're not extra at all. You know, you just want to point that out. But then they just started bombarding me. And they're like, well, you asked at, at one point that I just felt attacked because I was like, hey, I was just asking for one thing. Just throwing a bunch of different things. Um, so I would say... Um, I'm very dramatic sometimes. <laughs> I think it's a Latino thing because I meet other Latinos and they're just as dramatic. Um, I feel attacked but, right now by this statement. <laughs> um, but um, I would say I think I think my one of my extra I have I think I have two extra moments. Um, so I don't leave anywhere without lashes on. Like, I don't wear any makeup, but I can't leave, not even to the grocery store, without lashes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I always, I, I love lashes. 
Do you get extensions or do you like glue them on or like I, the I ma- the magnetic ones? You know that there's a lot of kinds now. Yeah, <laughs> Which one do I have you do? to try the magnetic ones. Um, I glue them on. Um, I've done extensions too, but I'm too rough on my face and I sleep, you know, like I, I'm all over the bed. They would so- look like... <laughs> Yeah, so I just stopped spending on that and I just do the the glue ones. Um, And also another time, so in 2020, I tried camping for the first time. I have never been camping. At least not, you know, I mean, I've camped (laughs) in Mexico and in (laughs) in, uh, South Water Island, right? With a little tan, but not like actually like camping, right? Out in the the woods. Yeah. (laughs) And there's bears. So yeah, so like actual camping. Um, so I tried that and I just, I, I have a facial routine, right? Like your morning routine and your night oh my routine. God. <laughs> so I took all my serums and every morning I was like doing my face and all my friends were like, Maricela, are you putting on makeup? And I'm like, no, I'm putting on my serums. You know, just like my toner, my all, everything. Like I just took everything in a smaller thing a smaller pouch um and I actually I ordered like little um like travel size smaller. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for everything so I was there every morning in my car just putting on everything so I think that might be a little extra but you know what I have my skin so <laughs> so <laughs> <I> jokes think- <laughs> on me <laughs> I think it's worth it okay that I was like wait how many steps are in your routine in your skin skincare oh routine I think I have a simple for nights I'm always too lazy so for nights I only do um I don't know the names of them but I only add three things okay night. I'm just I'm lazy but in the mornings it's you know it's serious I, serious I business <laughs> yeah it's it takes me a good 10 minutes so it's like I think that's the longest part oh because I don't wear makeup to work um so that's the longest part where I'm just like oh it's just, but it's also when I don't do it, I don't feel comfortable. So I don't know. Um, we love I a think- hydrated queen, like <laughs> <laughs> glowing. I love it. <laughs> um, I was watching a TikTok last night and like this girl did like a nine step, like, uh, like night routine. And I was like looking at it and I was like, I, the most I do is I like wipe my face if I have makeup. And I go to sleep. Like I probably should start investing. I mean, we're get, I'm getting a little old, so I'm like I probably should start investing in the actual other seven steps that I missed. Yeah, <laughs> so I can glow like you. <laughs> no, and see, I'm lazy. I only use three. I just use my um, to hydrate, then a retinol, and then like another overnight mask just like little things in my eye creams. I always uh, use eye creams. I I don't even know what they're, what they're for. Well, when we all look like we're 70, you're going to be looking like you're 25. So <laughs> jokes on us. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Um, all right. Well, thanks for sharing that. So we've arrived at one of my favorite sections in this, this podcast, which is um, the extra segment. And for those of you who are listening for the very first time, the extra segment is me being extra. I spent so much money on a carnival wheel and I'm going to spin it. And then Maricela is going to do whatever um, the wheel tells her to do. Um, and she's going to be as surprised as the audience because she has no idea what's on it. 
I don't even remember what's on it. So I'll be a surprise too. <laughs> so I'm going to spin it and see where we live. Ooh, you got fast facts. Um, Sorry for my, my chicken scribbles. <clears throat> fast facts. <clears throat> so what so does that mean? This, so basically, um, I'm you're just going to share with us five fun facts about you, but like speed round. So like the first five things that pop into your mind about you that the audience does not know so I'm very shy like I said and I'm very introverted people are very surprised and they don't believe me but I am um I love pizza I eat pizza every single week um I don't have a middle name what (laughs) (laughs) I don't know sometimes people ask me do you have a middle name no (laughs) um and oh I'm, I don't know. I don't know what people don't know about me. What's, and what's a fun fact? I don't know. I'm very indecisive. I don't know if that's, that's a fun fact. That's definitely a fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> very, and I changed my mind. Yeah, just hot and cold. And okay, the way I find solutions to my problems are just, I nap it out. It just gets stressed out and I just nap. And then whatever I feel like, that's what I decide. And I'm also, I'm also an impulsive person. Wait, what? Very impulsive. <laughs> you're indecisive, <laughs> but you're impulsive. Yep. So last minute, you're like, I can't decide. I can't decide. I'm just going to go here. Yeah. Like, boom. Yep. I'm very, um, okay. So I'm very spontaneous. I don't plan um, anything. I hate planning. I think because at work, I plan everything. Yeah. You know, you schedule interviews, you schedule, everything is planned. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I do not plan. And so I don't like committing to anything that's more than two days ahead. Um, because I, I just, I don't know, like I might change my mind. I might just back out. Um, <laughs> yes, I just, uh, you know, just anything that takes more than like three days. I just, like, I really can't commit. I just play it by ear. So I don't commit and like, yeah, I just, I, cannot plan wait wait so if you were to go to disney world this is a very important question because i obsess with disney world (laughs) if you were to go to disney world you're telling me you just go with the flow yes (laughs) (laughs) but okay so here's the thing when i do take trips or anything like that um well more than anything if it's out of the country you know like i do make a little itinerary and i'm very like strict with it because if I want to see different yeah. things or if there's just something that I, I don't know, like I just wing it. And so sometimes a lot of these hikes are just like, oh, I want to go hiking and I just take off or like a night before, hey, I tell a friend, uh, I ask a friend, do you want to go hiking with me tomorrow? Or like, hey, do you want to go have dinner in San Francisco in a couple of hours? Yeah. Like I, I'm very like that. Like I'm always down for an adventure. But I can't plan it out. Wait, but I do want to go back to the fact that you said that you you nap it out. Like, you have a problem and you just nap it out. Like, I need this strategy in my life. Like, <laughs> in the middle of the day, if you're running into a problem, do you nap it out? So when I'm too stressed out about a decision, yeah, like, I just nap. And then whatever I decide at the end of it, I guess because, I don't know, I feel refreshed. I don't know. I, um, I just, I make a decision and that's the decision. And I don't go back on it. Like, I will stick to that decision. 
so there's a method to the madness. I love this. I was like, I've become like a little bit of a napping person. So I might try this out. <laughs> yeah. When you have a problem or stressing about something, you have to make a decision. You know what? I'm just going to map it out. And then whatever your first thing, you know, I mean, it's worked for me so far. <laughs> I, so you wake up with a clear mind and you're just like, yep, this is what I'm doing. Like done. But then you can't I doubt yourself. That. You just, you have to like, okay, this is what I decided. Commit. And you don't go back on it. Nap it out. And rejection is redirection. These are my two new shirts that I will be making. I have myself. one on my Thank Instagram. <laughs> rejection is redirection. Too. I love that. I'm really cheesy okay. with quotes. Um, finally, it's always good to pay it forward and give some extra love to the wonderful organizations out there who are doing the work in our communities and so I asked Maricela to submit an organization that she believes in and she chose UNICEF USA so I've been um, contributing monthly Uh, I started during the pandemic and just you know I, I think it's an important thing to do to help out other people if we have the means to do it and I um actually came across this because, you know, a, a friend posted uh, an Instagram post from back in his country and, you know, how things are, it's difficult and um, helping children and everything. So I, I saw that and I also listened to a podcast and it, this happened like, a, I think like a day apart. So I take everything as a sign everything. I don't believe in coincidences, you know, everything, you know, is connected. Everything happens for a reason. Nothing is a coincidence. So this, uh, a day apart. And so I listened to this and I see my friend posting this about, you know, what's going on in his home country and all of these things. So then he posted a link to UNICEF USA. And so I logged in and I, you know, I said, maybe, Maybe this is why I heard that podcast last night. I don't know. And it was very in-depth about it. And um, I really, I really liked that episode from that podcast that I listened to. So just seeing that the next day, I said, you know, I think that I need to help out. So then I just became a, a recurrent donor. And so I do need a little bit. And, you know, I buy iced coffee almost every single day. <laughs> like, every single day. So if I can spend that much money on my iced coffees, um, I think I can, you know, just give a little bit and it's not a big amount, but I think that anything helps out. Um, and it's a, I'm a recurring donor and whatever, whatever I can help with, I'm, I'm happy. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing. So if anybody's interested in learning more about this organization, um, we will be posting a link so you could go check it out. Um, So do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners? I would say that wherever you are and, you know, always just find a way to be kind and compassionate. Um, I think that that's something that I've worked on also. And I think I've also developed it because of my job. Um, another thing that I believe in, and you know, um, you reap what you sow, you know, I believe in karma. So just think that, you know, just 
being a good person, you know, I, I would say, you know, I think we need more of that. I'm not saying I'm the best person or I'm the kindest person. There's always room to grow. Um, but I think that that's one thing that I, I try to do. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it truly has been an honor to have you on my podcast. You've been so wisdom-y, if that is even a word, but your wisdom and your expertise are greatly appreciated. Um, and thank you so much for being flexible with your time and, you know, I know you're busy and you could be doing a hike or running or doing something else right now. And you chose to be here with me and our listeners. So thank you so much. I wish you the best of luck this year, um, especially as you jump, what is it, kickstart your new job and this new adventure. Um, and for those of you who are listening, um, let's remember the T-shirt quotes that we're going to take with us. This is the takeaway rejection is redirection so if any time doors are being closed in your face that only means the better door is going to open and you're going to end up where you should be and that has happened to Maricela and that has happened to me so we we know what we're talking about <laughs> but um but don't be shy uh, go follow your dreams and don't forget to live your life a little extroverted goodbye